Welcome to Oppo Files, a new podcast from American Bridge. Each week, we're going to be discussing a different battleground state in the lead up to the midterm elections and tell you all about the sweet, sweet Oppo, our research at American Bridge, and we're able to dig up. I'm Alex DeLuca, the Director of State and Gubernatorial Communications, and today I'm joined by Sarah Abel, uh, our Senate Communications Director, and Paige Letty, our Senior Senate Research Associate, two Wisconsin experts who are ready to help us figure out what in the world Republicans are up to in the Badger State. Uh, but before we jump in to Wisconsin and talking in specifically about the Senate and governor's race there, I want to pass it off to Sarah to talk a little bit about what our messaging will be in the midterm elections in all of these battleground states. Hey, Alex. Thanks for that. Um, I'm excited to talk about all the Republicans we have running across the country. Um, let's go ahead and start with Pennsylvania, where uh, celebrity Dr. Oz is running for U.S. Senate. Um, He's actually from New Jersey, though, and that is a big problem with uh, voters in the state. Um, And we also know that he is, um, when he was doing his show, he was pushing a lot of junk science and junk medicine that um, he was directly profiting from as well. And so that is a big problem there as well. Moving on to Arizona, we have Blake Masters running, um, who is pushing to privatize Social Security and Medicare, which we know is not only going to be costly to taxpayers, but it also is going to hurt our seniors. And then lastly, uh, we have Herschel Walker in Georgia uh, running. And, you know, he is just he likes to lie a lot. He's lied about his accomplishments, whether it's academic accomplishments or businesses he claims he owns that don't actually exist. He's also really extreme when it comes to abortion and wants to make it illegal without any exceptions. And then we also, just this past weekend, have the New York Times uh, reaching out to candidates across the country, Democrat and Republican, asking whether or not they'll accept the 2022 election results. So, And we had uh, Ted Budd, Blake Masters, and J.D. Vance all refusing to um, comment on whether or not they will accept the 2022 election results. So not only are things like Social Security and Medicare on the line, this election or abortion rights, but also the integrity of our elections and the future of our democracy are also on the line. These candidates have all been so weak, they make it pretty much easy for our team to find stuff on them. They're just saying the most ridiculous things and are showing people how out of touch they are with their constituents. Check out this video I saw of Herschel Walker bragging about not fitting into his $10,000 suits. What a man of the people. I don't wear those slick suits. I don't have $10,000. Yes, I do. I do have $10,000 suits, but I'm not going to wear them because I don't like them. They don't fit too well. I think all of his $20,000 suits are probably at the dry cleaner, which is why he can't, you know, deign to wear his $10,000 suits. I mean, it's just absolutely incredible considering all the struggles that people are going through right now to somehow bring up your $10,000 suit you don't fit into at a campaign stop this guy is not ready for prime time and he's not ready for the senate it's not just candidates being ready for prime time but they're also out of touch too i mean republicans in congress are voting against a lot of bills that would improve the lives of people within their states for example ron johnson in wisconsin and ted budd in north carolina have been a no vote on big parts of uh, Biden's agenda and on bills that we know are going to help the people back in these states. It's true. They seem to always vote no on bills that are wildly popular within their states. For instance, you have the Bipartisan Infrastructure Act, the CHIPS Act, the Inflation Reduction Act, and lowering drug prices and and blocking insulin caps. 
For all that the Republicans talk about being pro-family, they consistently vote no on bills that would actually improve the lives of families across America and in their particular states or jurisdictions. Again, it's wild to me just how much these Republicans think that their only job in office is to do either what Donald Trump says or to vote for the worst possible legislation for working families across this country. It just boggles my mind. No, you're right. I mean, they just completely worked against anything that's going to benefit the people of their state. For example, it's not just taking votes, but you have Ron Johnson in Wisconsin actually actively encouraging a company to ship their jobs out of state um, and in his backyard, no less, in Oshkosh. So it's just Republicans don't want to actually help the people that they're there to serve. No, and I know we're not talking about Michigan today, but look at Tudor Dixon in Michigan. And we found through at American Bridge, we found that Tudor Dixon's company, she's this, she's running for governor. She is so pro, you know, pro uh, Michigan um, investment into Michigan businesses. And yet the business that she started and that she co-founded only imported foreign goods from, I believe, Italy and maybe Lithuania was the second one, but not American companies, not Michigan companies. So it's very much do as I say, not as I do uh, with all these Republican politicians around their, um, around what they actually are doing to help working families. Yeah, and we also know another big issue that's going to be big this election cycle is um, abortion rights. I know Republicans don't want it to be, but um, it's going to. We're seeing voters more engaged across the country, especially now that the Supreme Court has overturned Roe v. Wade. Um, and Republicans are just overstepping on abortion rights over and over again. I mean, just this week or last week, we had Lindsey Graham introducing a national abortion ban in the Senate. So it's really important that we make sure we have the Senate and stop Republicans from passing even more extreme laws. Couldn't agree with you more. And that's why these governor's races are also so important, because in states like Pennsylvania, where you think, oh, it's Pennsylvania, it'll be okay. It's not like a, it's not Texas. It's not Mississippi. Um, unfortunately, should Doug Mastriano be elected as governor, he would be able to pass incredibly restrictive abortion bans, which he says he wants to do. He would ban abortion with no exceptions in Pennsylvania should he win in November. And that's terrifying, especially compounded with the fact that Lindsey Graham's, uh, Lindsey Graham's law that he's put through, that the Republicans and the Senate are putting through, would allow abortion bans that are even more restrictive to go in on the state level, and there would be no federal opposition to that, um, legally speaking. It's really scary times, and I don't understand why Republicans are doing this, whether it's Republicans running for the Senate or in the Senate or Republicans running for governor. I don't understand why they're doing this because it's incredibly unpopular. These are unpopular positions that they are putting forward. And I just have to think that voters are going to come out in November and show them just how wrong they are to be against abortion rights in America. It's so true. Ron Johnson makes it clear how out of touch he is with Wisconsin voters. He has made plenty of inflammatory statements regarding abortion since the fall of Roe, and it's not seeming to be very popular in Wisconsin. And speaking of Lindsey Graham's abortion ban, um, we have several of the Senate candidates saying that they would support Graham's federal abortion ban if they were elected to Senate. We have Herschel Walker, Ted Budd, Blake Masters, and Marco Rubio saying that they would support the ban if elected to Senate. And what did that guy who's running in New Hampshire say? I was just going to say, going back to Republicans downplaying it, you have um, Don Bolduc in New Hampshire saying, get over it. When it comes to abortion rights, you have Ron Johnson saying it's a non-issue in his campaign, although here he is flip-flopping every which way on his stances. And in 
other states like Pennsylvania and Ohio, they've also been trying to downplay it because they do know that this is a big issue and this matters to voters in uh, their states and across the country. I can't believe he said to get over it. That is the most, oh, just your rights are being taken away. Just get over it. You broads, you dumb broads, just get over it. It's, I can't with these guys, Sarah, it's out of control. So here at Bridge, again, I know we're all asking, what the heck can we do with this? Because clearly these Republicans all across the country are really dangerous. Um, and we need to make sure we're educating voters and reaching them where they're at so they know and that they, they know what it what's at stake when they go or decide not to, but hopefully go to the ballot box in November. So at Bridge, we, again, are working to reach voters where they're at and to keep their focus on, like we've been talking about, on reproductive rights, on abortion rights. And so we've launched an initiative to work with what we call micro-influencers, which are really just influencers who have a really specific target demographic. Um, So we've worked with folks all over the country. We were engaged in Kansas with lead Kansas influencers um, around the um, the abortion amendment vote, which was uh, thankfully struck down a couple months back. Um, and we've even worked with ca- former contestants from The Bachelor to talk about the importance of some of President Biden's accomplishments. So it's an exciting program that we're doing at Bridge, and um, but it really does tie in with our work around abortion rights, which I mean, I'm sure everyone understands is maybe the most important issue facing voters this election is pretending your right to decide if you have or do not have control over your own body. Um, So particularly, I work on the governor's races, so I am very much in focus with this. Um, Again, governors are going to be a lot of Americans' last line of defense. when it comes to protecting and even potentially expanding on abortion rights that have been a fundamental part of our American society. Um, Republicans have shown time and time again that they're out of step with the majority of Americans. Polling shows that um, they, instead of listening to their polling, listening to, I'm sure, their consultants, listening to anyone who would talk to them, they have decided to um, introduce a national abortion ban, and that's going to have enormous ramifications for them come November. But this fight is really at the state level in states like Arizona, Georgia, Pennsylvania, Nevada, Michigan, Wisconsin, the list goes on and on. But access to abortion rights is determined by not just the legislature, but also by the governor, which is why it's so important that we stop Republicans from winning these battleground gubernatorial elections. And with that in mind, and with me almost out of breath, uh, let's go to our first candidate today, uh, Wisconsin GOP gubernatorial nominee, Tim Michaels. So specifically around this conversation we're having around abortion rights and access to reproductive health care, Tim Michaels, who is supported by Donald Trump in the primary, who really kind of came through on this wave of Republican base um, support for his very, very radical, very extreme right wing positions. He said that he doesn't support exceptions to abortion bans for rape or incest and has also said that um, whenever possible, um, we should always come down on the side of life, not understanding that a pregnant person's life is also in consideration during this, but Republicans never do. Um, Paige, is this kind of consistent with what people in Wisconsin want? I would say no, but you're the expert. 
<laughs> I would say definitely no. This is very out of step with what the majority of Wisconsinites want. If Michaels wins this election, Republicans in Wisconsin will have very little in their way to prevent them from passing really extreme abortion bans. You're right, Paige, because Republicans hold so much power in Wisconsin. I mean, the state is just so gerrymandered that Democrats are so outnumbered in the Senate or in the state assembly and Senate. They can't stop Michaels if they tried, which is why we have to have a Democrat at the top of the ticket or a Democrat in the governor's office. And it's not just abortion rights. Oh my God, no. So let's talk about elections. And obviously Wisconsin was an incredibly important election in the 2020 election where Donald Trump lost Republicans. He lost. Um, but it will continue to be an important election in 2024 where we see nationally that there are issues with Republicans wanting to preemptively put in, put in positions where they can try and say that they won an election they didn't actually win. And Tim Michaels is no exception to this. He has parroted Donald Trump's talking points and has cast doubt on the validity of the 2020 election in Wisconsin, despite there being no evidence of election altering voter fraud. He has said that he would consider signing a bill to decertify the 2020 election. This is years later. He's already continues to talk about the 2020 election. My goodness. He's also vowed to eliminate the bipartisan Wisconsin Elections Commission and has refused to say if he would certify the 2024 results if they don't go in Trump's favor. I just want to be clear. This is a guy running for governor of a state that's incredibly important in presidential elections who has said that he will not validate election results should they not go his party's way. That is undemocratic to the extreme. And that's not the only thing he's parroting from Trump. He seems to also be inciting violence post-election results, saying that he would he wants people to come out to the streets with pitchforks and torches um, to attack the media if it doesn't go his way. Well, that sounds like Trump. Clearly he's taking lessons. I don't think it's good for the people of Wisconsin. I'll also go on and touch about Tim Michaels and his education policies, which are also atrocious. He's called investments in Wisconsin public schools the definition of insanity. And I'm using air quotes, but that's actually what he said, uh, which is ridiculous, Sarah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if elected, Michael says he plans to invite parents to sue schools, even though he's previously admitted he had not been to his a school board meeting in his district in the last year. I mean, this is a guy who hasn't even lived in Wisconsin for very long. He was in Connecticut for most of his life. I mean, that's, it's, he's parachuted himself into this state where he doesn't really seem to know much about the state and the people who live there and wants to radically change Wisconsin for the worse. Um, All because Donald Trump told him to run for governor. It's a disaster. That's why we need Tony Evers back in office. This all seems really out of step with what the majority of Wisconsinites want, but I want to bring in Ian Smith, who handles all of our polling here at Bridge, to talk a little bit more about the state and how people on the ground in Wisconsin are reacting to all this. Hey, Ian. Hey, how's it going? Um, Yeah, it's completely out of step with um, Wisconsin and the rest of America, to be frank. Um, Abortion rights are going to be a big issue. I'll get into issues in a second. Before that, I kind of want to get into uh, where these candidates are at um, in terms of their state and the state of the race. So both of these races, uh, the Senate and governor's race in Wisconsin, are extremely close. Both are within one point of each other. Barnes and Johnson are at 47-48. Johnson a little bit more favorable there, but again, well within the margin of error. Um, Evers has a slight lead, according to Marquette's latest poll, at 44-43. to um, So again, both these races are below the win number 
and well within the margin of error, it's a complete toss up. Um, one note is that they have tightened towards the Republican as um, as voters become more aware. The folks who were kind of taking a back seat, especially for these um, incumbents, are going to start to come out. So with that in mind, um, as the race does begin to tighten and these voters are hearing things or they're getting ads and messaging, it seems to be having an effect against the Republicans here where their favorability over time, um, and I'm sure the abortion issue um, kind of exacerbates this. Um, is starting to go down. Okay, Ian, we've got a ton of numbers going on in the ground. I know I'm not the only person who is, you know, wary of trusting polls all the time, but you're the polling guy, so tell me what I should be thinking in, in, in Wisconsin and for Tim Michaels in particular. Yeah, so Tim Michaels is about five points underwater among likely Wisconsinites, or likely voting Wisconsinites. Um, he is pretty unpopular again. This margin has gone against his favor as the weeks go on, as messaging gets tighter and more folks go on air in Wisconsin. So if I were the Michaels campaign, I would be worried about that. I think the abortion issue specifically, um, and we'll get to issues in a little bit, is kind of hurting the Republicans here, especially with um, Lindsey Graham announcing his or proposing his bill to make a national abortion ban, as we found in. Um, our polling in partnership with um, Planned Parenthood and Emily's List, um, women voters are much more likely to hold their Republican electors accountable if they feel like the abortion ban will affect them. And there were some states like Wisconsin and some of the more purple states where the electors were trying to skirt around the danger of this abortion ban affecting um, their constituents, right? But with these national bans and national language the national language starting to enter the psyche of these voters, it's now every state's at risk and these voters are going to make their um, electeds pay for that, right? Plus, like we've seen in Texas and places across the country where women's lives are put in risk because of these dangerous abortion bans. And we're going to see, unfortunately, more stories about this. And I think what you said about it, voters wanting to see how that this these decisions are going to impact them personally, I think, as we see increasing numbers of women going through medical trauma as a result of these abortion bans, we are going to see growing numbers of women and other people across the country justifiably very, very concerned and hopefully turning that concern into voting on Election Day. 100%. And as you mentioned earlier, right, like the, the Republicans in these races have uh, the same polling that we all do. They know it's unpopular, but they're so afraid to go against their most hardcore base um, that they're going to miss the force for the trees here. For example, in Wisconsin, 54% of independents are against the abortion ban. Right. And have abortion policy. Sorry, more against the abortion ban. Sorry. But 54 percent have abortion policy as one of their top issues. Right. Seventy four percent of Democrats. Um, and it's really only the most staunch Republicans, probably primary voters there that um, are remotely favorable towards this policy. Um, and that that negative, along with Biden's IRA um, and student loan debt. Um, relief um, is pushing those swing voters towards the end of this um, campaign cycle who prioritize inflation as their top concern, which is the top concern in Wisconsin, are starting to move towards the Democrats here. And that 
kind of popularity surrounding the democratic ecosystem is going up. And okay, I know I can talk about the governor's race all day, but I know a lot of Americans are concerned about maybe this might be the year we get Ron Johnson out of office. Tell me a little bit about the Senate. A lot of the circumstances affecting the Republican Party in general and making them less popular going to this election are also affecting Ron Johnson, right? Um, He is also underwater here. He's eight points unfavorable in Wisconsin. 47% of Wisconsin voters are unfavorable towards him. um, And he has a pretty high name recognition there as well. But again, right, with his colleagues in the Senate um, attempting to pass a national abortion ban, um, and him being pressed on that, right, if, if it actually ends up coming to a vote, um, he's not going to be able to win either way, right? If he's if this play towards the, the base voters gets voted down, he's going to receive the brunt of that. And showing any support towards this national ban is just a poison pill um, in this election. So uh, Ron Johnson is not in a favorable position either. Sarah, what do you think? Do you think that tracks on the ground? Oh, absolutely. I can't tell you how many people I talk to on a daily basis who just do not like Ron Johnson. They don't like how he served the state of Wisconsin, how he's represented them, and how he makes our state look. Um, So I think that tracks absolutely. And let's talk about why Ron Johnson is so unpopular in Wisconsin. I mean, first, obviously, we've been talking about it a lot today. Abortion rights will obviously be big. We're seeing voters more engaged across the country and especially in the state of Wisconsin. Um, Now that the Supreme Court has overturned Roe v. Wade, Republicans are overstepping on abortion rights, and it's going to be a big problem for them this cycle. Lindsey Graham, like I said, has already introduced a national abortion ban in the Senate. So it's really important that we make sure we hold the Senate and stop Republicans from passing even more extreme laws. But wait, Sarah, Ron Johnson is this crazy conservative. I'm sure he would vote for Lindsey Graham's bill, right? We know he's co-sponsored and voted for Lindsey Graham's bans in the past. He's um, helped introduce it at least six times. There's no reason to think that this time would be any different. He says he would leave it to the he wants to leave it to the states, but we know what that means here in Wisconsin, and so does he. There's a ban on the books in Wisconsin from 1849 that's in effect right now. That means there's no exceptions for rape or incest. And I mean, we're hearing horror story after horror story in Wisconsin at the implications of what this ban is doing in the state. I mean, women are left bleeding for days because doctors cannot carry out proper care due to these bans. I just, so many of these states have these abortion bans on the books written by a bunch of dudes in the mid-1800s before germ theory was invented. I don't think there should be a law on the books from 1849 talking about my reproductive health care that Tim Michaels will put into effect, that Ron Johnson supports. These bills are written over nearly 200 years ago. I don't trust that. And I don't think most women want some, you know, guys from the 1800s, again, before germ theory was invented or was discovered. I don't think they want them making decisions about their health care. It's crazy. And it's not just women who are upset either. It's the doctors and the nurses who have to provide the care that um, these medical decisions weren't even really known about in 1849. And now you know, these doctors can face prison time in Wisconsin or thousands of dollars in fines for saving their patients' lives. 
Yeah, you want to talk about something that's going to be damaging to these states is going to be the brain drain of OBGYNs and other doctors. Why would you go to medical school at the University of Wisconsin to study to be an OBGYN if you're worried about getting arrested and imprisoned for doing your job? Spoiler alert, you won't, and you're going to go move somewhere else. And so Wisconsin's going to lose out on so many doctors, so many nurses, so many smart people that can be contributing to the state because of laws like this. Yeah, it's also not just doctors who are going to suffer from these abortion like attacks. Ron Johnson himself has encouraged people to go to other states to seek abortion care and reproductive care. So it seems like he acknowledges that this will be something that people will consistently need access to, but he has no problem, you know, stripping people of their ability to access safe and legal abortion care. I will also say there's been some really good reporting from USA Today about the impact of these abortion bans on recruiting for professional sports teams and recruiting for college sports teams. And I think, again, somewhere like Wisconsin, which is such a rich history of, you know, college and professional athletics, if this bill goes into effect, it's going to influence people wanting to come play, you know, women's basketball or play football or play whatever in Wisconsin. It's just going to be another reason to go somewhere else. And I think, again, it's going to be incredibly detrimental to the state if this were to happen. But that's not the only thing Ron Johnson is out of step with voters on, right? I mean, hasn't he done a ton of self-dealing to help both him and his Richie Rich donors? Yeah, that's exactly right. I mean, Ron Johnson was against Donald Trump's tax cuts for the rich until he was able to negotiate in a sweetheart deal for himself and his donors. And we even have audio of him talking about admitting to lowering his own taxes as well as his donors' taxes. Did my business benefit? Sure. Do some of my donors' businesses? Sure. You don't expect them to say the quiet part out loud like that. You do with Ron Johnson, though, always. Can rely on him for that. Fair enough. Uh, But then isn't it true that he voted against the child tax credit because according to him, he just didn't like credits? Uh, So our next uh, online questioner is John Ronaldson, and he asked, do I support the child tax credit? In in general, I just don't like all these credits, all these special uh, uh, deals. First off, I'm sorry, but Ron Jonaldson was the name? That was the John Ronaldson. That is the most made-up name I've ever heard in my life. I, impressive. I mean, let's just talk about, though, why these child tax credits are so important to the state of Wisconsin. I mean, it lifted 45,000 kids out of poverty in the state of Wisconsin, and it benefited over 90% of the kids in Wisconsin. I mean, you we hear from parents how big of a game changer it was, whether it was being able to afford a winter coat for their kids or groceries or not having to decide between paying your utility bill or paying your grocery bill. I mean, this was a game changer for millions of families and now it's just gone. And Ron Johnson voted against the whole thing. And it's really not surprising as he's publicly said that it was not society's responsibility to take care of other people's children and has repeatedly blocked expansions to universal child care. And in a state like Wisconsin, where, I mean, over 50% of the people live in a child care desert and child care is out of touch for so many or out of reach for so many because of costs. And, you know, you hear from families that either have to like, don't, one of the parents stays home because it would be more costly to send a kid to daycare than it would to be than what they would make going to work and then paying for that daycare bill. There are serious problems in Wisconsin that Ron Johnson just refuses to address. 
he's also disappointing it to himself, it seems, as well, as he's complaining about how his net worth has only doubled while he's been in office. Since I've been in the United States Senate, I hope most people increase their net worth, you know, 3.8 times. That's what the S&P index uh, increased. So you know, the fact that I've gone up only double, I've way under four in the market. Poor Ron. Oh, God, I can't, I don't think, can I say, can I use the F word on there? I know I can't, but like, come on, come on, only twice, oh, little baby, God, get out of here, so ridiculous. And I know we mentioned it earlier, but Ron Johnson has voted no on infrastructure spending and Wisconsin jobs, two things I think people should probably know a little bit more about. Yeah, you're exactly right, Alex. I mean, he voted against the bipartisan infrastructure bill, he voted against the American Rescue Plan. And he voted against the CHIPS Act to build semiconductors in the U.S. He even called the bipartisan infrastructure bill or plan good for Wisconsin, but still voted no. We have a video of him talking about how the bipartisan infrastructure plan would be good for the state. Senator, you oppose this bill. Why is that? The bipartisan deal actually does focus on hard infrastructure, which which is a good thing. Uh, we all recognize that we do need to improve our nation's infrastructure. I don't know why any Republican would cooperate with them in passing this. Ron Johnson is so shameless about his inability to protect Wisconsin workers. He's even promoted outsourcing as a beneficial practice to the United States and is shamelessly admitted to not wanting to protect Wisconsin jobs. Is this the same Senator Ron Johnson who promised he wouldn't seek a third term and is doing it anyway? Yes. I mean, in 2016, Ron Johnson pledged to Wisconsinites that he would not seek a third term if reelected. He said that 12 years was more than enough time. But in 2019, Ron, he started to back away from the pledge. And in 2022, he broke it um, and pledged to run uh, yet again for another term. We found this audio on him on that last point. It seems like he really hasn't ruled out a fourth term either. Will you run for a fourth term if you win a third? Uh, I mean... I, I, can you understand my reluctance even doing this? Nobody wants that. <laughs> he shouldn't get too cocky either. What if he doesn't win? Then he has to run for a third term again in six years. I mean, what's so fascinating is, is he constantly complains about how, about how much he doesn't like the job. Uh, but yeah, here he is over and over again running to stay in it. You can quit, Ron. Just quit. Go do something. Literally anything else, my friend. Anything else. I think he's hoping to get more than double his net worth. I think that's why. <laughs> he wants to triple his net worth. Yeah. And he want to, wants to make sure no abortions, no new jobs in Wisconsin, and a job for himself only. That's the Ron Johnson promise in uh, yes. 2022. The saying, you know, keep the or make the place better than the way you found it. Ron Johnson's actually the opposite. It's Tornado Ron just coming through and... Uh, <laughs> destroying everything in his wake and it's like we're trying to find the person who did that it's like it's you Ron. you're the one and i think it's been a while but i think i remember him saying some absolutely insane things during the pandemic again not alone on the republicans for doing that but he particularly notable from ron johnson right i mean yeah i think he was the republican like leader on you know um denying that covid was a problem and denying the basic science behind how we can 
protect ourselves and protect our others from uh, COVID. He was against some of the most basic mitigation efforts. So true. He has consistently downplayed the effectiveness of masks. Don't we have video of that? Now, I think as more more evidence comes in, uh, it's becoming harder and harder to support that masks actually work. If, if they would have worked, we probably wouldn't have had as many infections, as many deaths as we did. He's also pushed some other wild conspiracy theories. He said that mouthwash was something that could kill the coronavirus. But there are things you can do, again, vitamin D, you know, zinc, uh, keep yourself healthy, uh, vitamin C. By the way, uh, standard gargle, uh, mouthwash uh, has been proven to kill the coronavirus. Even if you get it, if you're, you, know, you may reduce viral replication. There's all kind, you know, why not try all these things? Um, it, it just boggles my mind that the NIH continues to tell people, do nothing, you know, maybe take Tylenol. <laughs> I'm sorry, I can't. I just wanted to point out that Listerine had to come out and put out a statement clarifying that that's not true. What? Okay, you know him more than I do. He definitely took ivermectin, right? Like, he's a big ivermectin dude. I mean, if he... Yeah, he definitely that. pushes it. Yeah, that and hydroxychloroquine. I think what's so interesting, though, is that even in... December of 2021. I mean, over a, a full year into the pandemic, we know what works, we know what doesn't work, we're getting our vaccines. And yet here he still is focusing on everything that doesn't actually work. Good Lord. Well, all that medical misinformation, yet he's still leading the charge to repeal the Affordable Care Act. Right, Sarah? Still? Still against ACA? Still, still against the ACA. Um, you said multiple times that his number one priority would be repealing the Affordable Care Act. He said that he wants to repeal and replace Obamacare more so many times that we had to put together a compilation of And this is just a sampling. And got elected on the basis we're going to repeal this monstrosity, this Obamacare. Well, we have to repeal, repeal Obamacare, you know. Yes, you bet I'd repeal it in a heartbeat. Absolutely dedicated to full repeal. Repeal, replace Obamacare. I would repeal all of Obamacare. Including the part where 26-year-olds have access to health insurance now. Yeah, it's it's wild seeing is how popular the ACA is, not only, you know, in Wisconsin, but across the United States. Over 200,000 Wisconsin residents have gained health care coverage through the Affordable Care Act. I mean, and the interesting thing about the ACA is it made pregnancy or childbirth no longer pre-existing condition to deny people access to medical care or, or health insurance. And yet now he wants to make force people to be pregnant while also repealing the ACA. It is outstanding, terrible work from Ron Johnson. Yes. And we know, I mean, it's just, it's not just health insurance access that he wants to deny, but it's also holding Big Pharma accountable. I mean, he says that he has always been a big supporter of Big Pharma. I've always been a big supporter of Big Pharma. Well, it seems pretty clear. Ron Johnson, big supporter of Big Pharma. I mean, he just voted against legislation that um, would cap insulin prices. Yeah, he is a big supporter of Big Pharma. Since 2011, he's received $69,000 in contributions from the pharmaceutical industry. He's opposed policies that would lower prescription drug costs that Big Pharma has lobbied against. He also is opposed allowing the importation of pharmaceuticals from Canada. He's doing everything in his power to make medicine as unaffordable as possible and will consistently stand with his friends at Big Pharma.
And Ron Johnson's not the only one in the pocket of Big Pharma. Alex, can you give us a sneak preview of what's coming next week? Have you heard of a quack doctor named Dr. Oz? Tune in next week where we'll talk all about the craziness in Pennsylvania, specifically the gubernatorial election um, with Doug Mastriano and the Senate election with Mehmet Oz. We hope you all enjoyed this week's episode of The Oppophiles and learning a little bit more about what Republicans are up to in Wisconsin and why it's so important that we all show out at these midterm elections. And be sure to like and subscribe um, American Bridge on YouTube so you don't miss out on that in future episodes of the podcast. And also, please follow us on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, Facebook, um, so you don't miss out on anything else that we do or any future oppo, because we've got new oppo each and every day. Thanks for watching. We'll see you next time.